Hello everybody. So I've already tried to record earlier, but there's just so much going on. There is so many cars, so many people. What's up you guys? Um, my doing little things like this just cause guys driving around. So I probably need a second to calm down. My ADHD is just like super up. was so overstimulated there were like people coming in and out of the cars next to me trying to park and then other people try to replace them it was just so much and i couldn't deal with thinking things have settled down now and i'm just knitting <laughs> or crocheting so this is my piece that i'm crocheting right now i think i'm trying to make a neck warmer for my partner for valentine's day he rides a motorcycle so sometimes when he goes on rides in the morning in Northern California where we live, it could be really cold. So I want him to be able to wear this underneath his helmet. So make it big enough for his neck. We kind of have big heads, both of us. So as long as it's big enough for me, I think he could fit it, but that's what I'm making. And then once I'm done making it wide enough, I'll probably just combine these two ends together like that. And then it'll make a little neck warmer. This week was pretty intense, you guys. There was that full moon, the full moon in Leo, I believe. And I uploaded two pretty intense videos this week. The one about ADHD paralysis and also the video of my mom and I having like a very open, complex, hard discussion about what it was like being raised as an undiagnosed neurodivergent child. I wasn't expecting that video to trigger me as much as it did because I feel like at this point in my life I found a lot of peace and I'm sure you guys can relate to this but for a lot of you who've been through traumatic things and have had PTSD or CPTSD I feel like sometimes we could get so used to our narratives and what we've experienced that when we say it out loud we don't feel it you know, like how many times have you guys talked about a specific traumatic memory and you just say it in such a cold way and you don't feel anything and other people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. That must have been hard. And you're just like, whatever. It's it's just something I went through. It's no big deal or whatever, like a sense of disassociation or like just this coldness towards yourself and what you've experienced because you're so detached from it and you kind of have to be, you know, to get by. And so like, I've always struggled with that sense of coldness and detachment from a lot of my experiences. And even during that interview, I was a little bit cold. And I'm sure some of you who are really good at reading energy can kind of sense that. My energy in that video compared to how I am in my videos by myself, is just a little bit more shut off not like in a mean way, mad way, resentful way. It was just shut off in a way where like I wasn't feeling anything, whether that's happiness, sadness, anger. It was just like very matter of fact, if that makes sense, which, you know, I think is a part of having an Aquarius and Mercury, things like that. But it's also a part of me trying to cope with something that profoundly, profoundly affected me. And here's the interesting thing. 
So when I filmed that interview and I was having that discussion with my mom, I wasn't really feeling much. My heart space was kind of like closed. And I feel like I've gotten to, to a point where I could have my heart space closed and still tap into how I feel in a mental way. So I could explain how I felt. I could talk about the things, but it's like, I don't feel it. And it wasn't until I was editing the video later on that week. And I don't know if it's because of the full moon in Leo or what, but I was editing the video and I started to feel this like, this like tightening in my chest. It's so hard to explain. I started to feel this sense of trigger start to happen. And I felt really, really sad for the younger me that was experiencing all those things that we talked about in that video and the younger me that heard those things from my mom again and again, things like you're lazy, you're defiant, you're a troubled child, you're crazy. It was almost as if I was observing someone telling their own daughter that and I felt this sense of like sadness for that little girl and protectiveness. And it just like really stung my heart. And I couldn't seem to like pinpoint why it was. And so that's what it started off as, as I was editing. Cause the way I edit is like, I first edit the video and then I add all the pictures and graphics later. But as I was looking for pictures of myself as a kid and my mom, and all that stuff from years and years ago. And I was splicing them into the shots of us talking and stuff like that. Like something about seeing me when I was a little girl and having that visual be put to like the words really hit it home for me. And I just started to cry because when you hear my mom talk about me throughout the video, she only had negative things to say. I thought that you're very impossible. How come your brother's never done that? But Irene's just going crazy, but she's always not very happy, very stressful. She's always done that. I was thinking, how come this has happened again and again? She never grew out of it. And then um, it's very frustrating. I just couldn't understand. There's always a problem here and there. If, if you're not happy, you have all this outbursts and then you're very loud and I'm like, whoa can you can you give me some sort of like smile when you ask me question it's a lot to me because i thought that's a little bit uh disrespectful your tone of voice is like so rude i mean i'm like oh. but you have this anger there's anger every day i wish you not do that And it was just like such a cathartic moment because whenever I struggle with these negative voices in my head and just being very hard on myself, I don't necessarily pinpoint where it comes from. But hearing her say those words out loud again, it had this full circle cathartic moment where I'm like, this is where I get it from. I still hear that voice in my head and I'm still actively fighting them off and trying to show myself love through those moments where that voice is so automatic to me, telling me everything wrong with me. I had such a light in those pictures. I don't know if you guys feel it too, but when you see my face and my smile, I had such a light to me. And when I think about who that little girl was, I, th I have so much love for her. And to hear my mom describe me as such a horrible person,
person, you know? It was just kind of sad for me to experience that because I look at that little girl and I'm like, there's so much to this girl. I just want to love her and guide her and be there for her. She described me as angry and always unhappy. But when you look at those pictures of me, that smile was so bright. I remember all these times where I was like so loving and caring towards my family and the people around me in ways that other kids wouldn't normally be. It just felt like it was overlooked. And it's sad to me that my mom couldn't describe me in any way other than negative types of ways. And I understand my questions kind of like, you know, asked her to do that. I'm not trying to say I didn't want my mom to be honest and describe what was hard. But also I had questions in there where I was asking ways that she could have learned for me or ways that I was a strength for her. And those would have been really important times for her to tell me good attributes about myself or like tell me things that she appreciated about me give me some sort of affirmation but she didn't really say anything and that's the thing about narcissistic people is that everything always has to relate to them you know even my question of what was a time i was a strength for you she could have spent that time talking about things that I've done that were so profoundly helpful for her and a light for her. But she took that time to just say, oh, I helped her divorce my dad. Her answer to the question was about her more than it was about me, you know? That's the epitome of my relationship with my mom is it's very one-sided. I never felt like I got the nurturing that I needed, the guidance that I needed, the affirmations, the empathy. I felt like she was constantly telling me what was wrong with me. I never thought about there's a disorder. I only think that you're very normal. I mean, you're like, you're the normal kid, but always act something not normal. I was constantly being there for her in the ways that I wish she was there for me. I was there to show her unconditional love through everything. I was basically a parentified child, constantly taking care of her like a mom and making sure she was okay, making sure I was there to pick her up when she needed me. What's an opposite of a cheerleader? Because I feel like that's what my mom was. She was never my cheerleader. She was never in my corner. She was always there to tear me down and make me doubt myself and tell me I couldn't do things. Which is so bizarre because she's so loving and giddy and supportive of my brothers and other people. But yeah, that's the complexities of my mom and I's relationship is that when it comes to having a supportive mother-daughter relationship, it's non-existent. She doesn't support me, she doesn't nurture me. She's very hard on me. But at the same time, she allows me freedom to do whatever I want, which is very different from my dad, who's very controlling, right? But at the same time, my dad is technically more nurturing than my mom. I remember one time I was in the emergency room at a hospital and I had a very traumatic experience in there. And I was asking my mom to come pick me up and bring me home and she refused to do that. I was having a mental breakdown at the hospital and the only person that would come pick me up at three in the morning was my dad. That's what's so hard about my parents is that there's so many reasons why my dad is so toxic and unhealthy and why I need to keep my distance from him. But at the same time, I know when it comes down to it, he will be that person that will come help me if I need it. Like he will be that person that will sacrifice to come help me if I asked him to. Whereas my mom is the type to literally see me suffer and struggle in front of her. And she has seen that multiple times because she was my chosen parent when I asked them to divorce. 
I couldn't go with my dad, obviously. So it was my mom. It was kind of like choose worse or bad. And I chose bad. And there was moments during the divorce where I would go hungry because my mom was my caretaker and she didn't care to like buy me food, make sure I was fed. And I would literally tell her I'm hungry. I haven't eaten. There's no food. And she will literally just be like, but I ate because she would go out and eat lunches with her friends or like her boyfriend would pay for her food when they would go out together. And she will literally see me go hungry and not care. And she would say things like, you have to figure yourself out because you're almost an adult now. So I shouldn't have to keep taking care of you. Things like that. Or there's moments where I was extremely depressed and sewer slidal. <laughs> I don't know if that word is allowed in YouTube, but I was sewer slidal at one point in my life. And I've expressed that to my mom because she was the only person in my life. Her reaction to that was to be homeless because she didn't want to deal with my depression. She didn't want to come home and see me laying in bed all day super depressed and slewer slidal and have to deal with it because it was a downer for her so her reaction was to not come home and to see me less because I was a downer that is the kind of mom my mom is but at the same time I could do whatever I want. I could have a boyfriend live with us. I could get tattoos. I could go out at whatever hours, literally do whatever I want. I had so much freedom, but no mom after I asked my parents to divorce. A lot of me figuring things out during college was trying to figure out how I felt about my parents because I resented the both of them so much, but in different ways. That's the thing when you're young is you think that one parent is the bad parent and one parent's the good parent. And there's a time where you see that both parents are bad. And that's the hard part, right? When you're the type of person like me that realizes both of my parents had failed me. And I went through phases where I idealized my mom, especially when it was just me and my dad and my mom. And my dad was obviously a lot more upfront abusive. So it was easy to see my dad as the bad guy. But at the same time, my mom was also not a great person. She knew how to make my dad mad and she would purposely do it. He was nice to her. He was never abusive towards her. He was only abusive towards my brothers and I. He loved my mom dearly, but she would do specific things to tick him off and then he would take his anger out on me because she was never home. She's a very avoidant person. When it was just me and them, my mom would be out all day, every day, leave me alone with my dad and do things on top of that to make him upset. And then he would take his anger out on me and she wouldn't be there to protect me or to even like defend me or help in any sort of way. So that made me realize, oh my God, my mom is not a good person either. And I almost resent her more than anyone else. And so I went through a phase where I deeply resented my mom, like deeply resented her, almost more than my dad, because her actions were more calculated. You know, my dad has this thing about him where he switches in and out. It's almost like he blacks out and, and, and you know his certain triggers. I can literally name his triggers and I know that if we were to touch on those triggers, he switches into another person and he does his abusive things and then he switches back to like a loving supportive dad. But my mom is like calculated. She's very socially smart. 
So she literally like does certain things knowing that it will make someone feel a certain way or have a certain reaction. And she uses that to her benefit and she only really cares about herself, you know? And so that was like a whole other thing for me to process is that this woman literally goes out of her way to harm me and like make sure that she's not taking care of me when she knows I need it. As for like where I'm at with my journey with my parents and things like that, because I, I read a lot of your comments where a lot of you guys are still holding resentment towards your parents and have no contact with them, things like that. I totally understand you guys. Like I still am slowly coming out of no contact with my dad. I went no contact with him for like two years now. And only now am I slowly starting to see him again. I saw him for Christmas. I'm going to see him for my birthday this month. But outside of that, I don't really go to visit him for fun anymore. And that's where I'm at with my dad. I finally starting to get to a point where I don't resent him anymore. But at the same time, I'm not going to have a good relationship with him or try to pursue a better relationship with him contingent to him improving on himself. So the reason why I went no contact with him was because I was like, you need to go to therapy, you need to change, you need to do all this stuff in order for me to be in your life. But what I'm starting to realize is that you can't force another person to do those types of things. And my brother is doing the same to him right now. My brother is advocating for my dad to go to therapy with us and stuff like that or else my brother is not gonna talk to my dad anymore but my dad's just not responding to that and he's not gonna change and I've gotten to a point where I know that and I accept it now and what that means is I'm not gonna cut you out of my life but I'm also not gonna be in a close relationship with you because you choose not to change and improve or confront which is fine but at the same time that also means that our relationship can't be a deeper relationship or I can't see you as much that is my compromise I'm not going to ask you to change anymore but at the same time if I'm supposed to have a relationship with you as you are that means I see you less and I'm not as close to you maybe what that means in the future as well is that my kids are not going to really see you as much either and my oldest brother has two kids at this point and he doesn't really trust any of my parents to be around his kids and he doesn't want his kids to be around them much either and I don't blame him because that's most likely what's going to happen with my parents and my kids in the future. I know I wouldn't trust my mom to babysit. I know I wouldn't trust my dad to babysit but at the same time I'm not holding that resentment anymore to keep them from seeing my kids because I know to a certain extent they're only able to do so much in their healing journey and yes that is a choice but they're also free to make that choice and that's the complexities of intergenerational trauma the trauma gets passed down from generation to generation but at the same time every generation sets up the next generation up a little bit better to manage that intergenerational trauma process it and transmute it so let's say my grandparents were set up this much to process that intergenerational trauma and they can only get past a few of the the traumas to a certain extent and then they raise my parents set them up this much and in some aspects, my parents could conquer the intergenerational trauma and some aspects can't. And so they set up my brothers and I to this extent where we are able to process that intergenerational trauma in ways that my parents weren't able to. And so I feel like a for a lot of us, 
that ends up closing that loop, which is very hard work. What we do is we process that intergenerational trauma all ourselves. We're like, we're not gonna pass this down to our kids. So I'm gonna close the loop before I have my kids so that it doesn't continue to the next generation. So I feel like people like me or resonate with me, what we do is we process multiple generations of trauma and bring it full circle. And to a certain extent, there's no resolution because a lot of the times we go back to our par parents' generation for some closure or to see like them make some improvement and meet us where we're at. But a lot of the times, what comes with closing the loop before the next generation is made is that the resolution is that you're closing the loop. It's not about you and your parents finally healing and like having your parents heal and like accept what they did to you and improve and go to therapy and things like that. A lot of the times that closure is just knowing that we processed it and transmuted it and we're not letting it be passed down to our kids. And in that sense, it, it is that bittersweetness because we don't get that closure, you know? The closure is just knowing that our kids are gonna be raised with love and empathy and seeing that new generation be set up without that intergenerational trauma. If anything, with the wisdom that the intergenerational trauma let us have because we transmuted it right with all that hard work. But it's just sad because when you're in that state of still, you know, being a 26 year old like me, you don't really get to see that loop be closed in that way. And that's for people who want to have kids. I know a lot of you guys don't want to have kids, which is totally fine. Processing that intergenerational trauma, closing that loop is just a lot of work that is like very unsatisfactory with like the outcome, if that makes sense. Like there's not this big firework moment where you're like, I have overcome this and now my family is healthy and we're all going to therapy and we can understand each other now and it's amazing. Like a lot of the times that's not what happens. A lot of the times what closing the loop looks like is just as I described, you have this moment of peace and understanding and you just kind of accept how things worked out the way that they, they did. You you have your lessons that you learned, but you still see that your parents are somewhat the same. Maybe they're more willing to listen every now and then, but to a certain extent, they're still the same person that hurt you. And you just, as a result, don't see them much, but you still see them enough to maintain that love and contact. And that's just it. Sometimes that's what it looks like to close the loop. But yeah, I, I think it's important to understand that and understand that even though that's not a big firework moment and accomplishment, it's still something really big. I've always known that one of my main life purposes in this lifetime is to be a mom and to love my children, empathize with them, guide them in the ways that I was never guided, loved, and understood. And I look forward to giving my children unconditional love. I look forward to passing down all the wisdom that I've learned in my lifetime. And I look forward to creating those types of humans and for them to be a light in other people's lives. 
I am confident in my capabilities and my motherly instincts and my, my ability to nurture other people. And I look forward to the day I start having kids. I, I know I want two kids. Um, I know that I'm probably gonna have a hard time having those kids because of my endometriosis, but I ideally would want a daughter and a son. And I look forward to what the next generation will look like within my family lineage. I continue to make space for what it means to be that person within your family lineage to be the one to close that intergenerational trauma. Like be that person that receives the brunt of that intergenerational trauma, process it, transmute it, and then close it off so that it doesn't continue. I, I don't resent my parents anymore. I look forward to continue to educate them as much as I can, understand them, make space for their ignorance, make space for the possibility of them learning more. I look forward to just continually challenging myself to have that patience and empathy for them in ways that they were not able to have for me. At this point in my life, I've done so much with my growth that I no longer feel that resentment that I used to because the resentment kind of stems from the fact that you are living a life still in pain and not doing the things you want, right? Because you're still, you know, so traumatized. But I've come to a point where I have beautiful relationships. I have dreams and hobbies that I'm pursuing and I'm happy with myself. I'm happy with my life. So this is why I can hold space for people like my parents because I have empathy for them and I'm able to empathize for them and understand that in a sense I'm, I'm holding space for them in ways that they should have been for me but at the same time someone has to do it for the other person and if that person is me then I'm more than willing to take that position on you know to a certain extent there's certain boundaries that I have at this point that if it was crossed I wouldn't respond to it or keep trying yeah that's just kind of the complexities of all of this but I hope all of this made sense um <laughs> I, I noticed that my thoughts are a lot more fast and clear when I crochet for some reason. I guess that's like a very effective stim for me. I feel like crocheting helps me not pick my hair because it gives me the same type of focus and flow. I think that's going to be it for this video. It's already kind of long. Let me know what you guys think because I know a lot of you struggle with this stuff as well and I think it's always a really enlightening conversation to read your comments and hear about your experiences so thank you guys for always being so transparent with me thank you guys for sharing with me your own journeys and your own struggles it's always so encouraging to know that there's other people out there that are also struggling and fighting the fight so never be afraid to share you know your experiences um, if it, it's not going to help other people, it's also going to help me to also read your comments and it's also going to help yourself to be able to speak your truth and express yourself and put your story out there in some sort of format. I will see you on next week's video. I appreciate you. Have a good day.